Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Yep, those games went as scripted. Right? Welcome to the program. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Game's all here, including Fritzy on this Monday. Best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Good morning if you're watching on Peacock. That's our streaming partner. We say good morning to those who are listening. Radio show. Uh, nearly 400 cities around America carrying the program. Fox Sports Radio, iHeart Radio as well have a poll question play of the day stat of the day two more games later on today and tonight Steelers at the Bills Steelers are getting 10 Eagles at the Buccaneers the Buccaneers are getting two and a half Texans roll the Browns Chiefs handle the Dolphins Packers roll the Cowboys and the Lions hold off the LA Rams well if you were going to go uh most surprised least surprised most surprised I think we would all agree that the Packers and how they handled the Cowboys. I thought the Rams were going to beat the Lions. I had no doubts about the Chiefs against the Dolphins, and I was really surprised with the Texans. Not only the margin of victory, but how they did it. That Cleveland defense is supposed to be one of the best defenses in football, or at least it is when they're at home. It was a fun first quarter, then all of a sudden, Joe Flacco throws a couple of pick sixes, and C.J. Stroud looked like Joe Montana. The Chiefs against the Dolphins felt like the Chiefs were saying, hey, let's just play a zone defense on Tyreek Hill and take our chances there. And during the regular season, I said there were two teams I hadn't figured out. I kept trying to figure out how good the Dolphins were and how good the Cowboys were. And you know what? I finally figured out they're both frauds because the Cowboys were at home. They had everything lined up. You had people saying it's sort of like a bye week. You're playing the Packers, Jordan Love, first playoff game. And then all of a sudden you realize the Packers had been in playoff mode for the last couple of weeks. And Jordan Love had been spectacular. And all you know what kind of set the tone for me? The Cowboys win the coin toss. Now, usually what happens, you defer. They said, no, we want the ball. So the Packers won the coin toss, got the ball, and then went 75 yards. And I went, ooh, okay. It's almost like they were like, all right, let's test you here. We're going to see what you got. 
And the Cowboys are probably saying, all right, I right, got a rookie, basically rookie quarterback, or at least starting his first playoff game on the road, and they want the ball? Great. And then all of a sudden you realize, ooh, they want the ball, and they're going to get the ball again and again and again and again, and they're going to score touchdowns. And it was weird that it was a blowout, but then at the end it felt like this is closer than what it should be. And then all of a sudden, Green Bay brings in backup quarterback and some second stringers, get a little playoff time, and it's like, uh, let's put Jordan Love back out there. Let's make sure we win this. Uh, the Lions against the Rams, uh, give credit, great atmosphere with the Lions. And, uh, you know, if you think about the city of Detroit, Red Wings are in a uh, drought, a playoff drought. The Tigers in a playoff drought. You have the Pistons, the worst team in the NBA. And then you have the Detroit Lions, who finally, after 30 years, able to break that streak of a playoff win at home. And this is how it sounded last night. One final time, Jared. One final time. Moves in behind center. Takes the snap. Takes the knee. This game is over. Oh, the Detroit Lions have won it. Celebrate, boys. Celebrate. You're coming right back here next week to take on the winner of the Philadelphia-Tampa Bay game. That's courtesy of the ticket, the Lions Radio Network. It found it sounded like it was a championship there. <laughs> that that fellow that fella's got a little Ross Tucker to him too. This game's over. <laughs> Let me hear that again, Mark. One final time, Jared. One final time. Moves in behind center. Takes the snap. Takes the knee. This game is over. Oh, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> this game is over. We're moving on. Hey, congratulations. Been a long time. Long, long time. And they had to make an announcement. They had to tell the fans, look, you got to leave. Like, we got to clean this place up for next weekend. All right, we'll come up with a poll question. And uh, play of the day, stat of the day. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. As for the Cowboys, we wondered, we speculated, and now here we are. Jerry Jones probably not giving a ringing endorsement to Mike McCarthy, but he didn't do that going into the playoffs where he said, well, hey, his record speaks for itself, said all these nice things, and then he added, well, we'll take it game by game. Here is Jerry Jones after the loss. This is uh, one of my most surprises since I've been involved in sport, period. So this is uh, uh, that degree. I know how disappointed everybody is. So I'm a comment. In terms of playoff losses, where does this one rank for you? Well, I don't have, uh, uh, really, I can't reach back and look at a playoff loss. Uh, uh, but this uh, seems like the, uh, the, the most uh, painful uh, because uh, we all had such great expectation and we had hope for this team. And uh, uh, thought that we were aligned in a great shape, in great shape, and uh, uh, it didn't happen for us. Okay. If you have a list of heartbreaking playoff losses, that's not good. Uh, Jerry, hey, can you bring out your list of heartbreaking playoff losses? Uh, well, if I'm seeding them, <laughs> give me more time. But you had what you had everything that you wanted here. You were at home. You'd played well at home. You're playing the Packers, the youngest team in the NFL. You're you're facing a quarterback who'd never made a playoff start. <sighs> 
I'm waiting to hear that uh, Dallas defense, that was the second coming of the doomsday defense. Like, uh, what happened? What happened? Because that team did not look good the last uh, month and a half of the season. Giving up points and a lot of yards. Yes, Eden. Maybe it's a symptom of how many times Jerry Jones has been in this position, but I give him a lot of credit for how he handled that exchange. Because he had said, this is one of the most surprising things that's ever happened to me since I've been involved in sport. And the follow-up question is, uh, where would you put this among your playoff losses? I just said it's the most surprising thing that's ever happened to me. What do you mean, where would I rank it? Can you give me the I, Mount I just told you it's the most surprising thing that's ever happened to me since I got involved in sports. Where do you think I rank it? Now, I don't know if he makes a change. My guess is he does make a change. This heightened our awareness of the coaching situation because Bill Belichick is available. Mike Vrabel is available as well, and Pete Carroll. But really, this is about Bill Belichick. You're probably going to lose Dan Quinn to maybe Seattle, but here's Dan Quinn. That defense, he's the defensive coordinator, in the last seven games allowed 25 points and 353 yards per game. And I don't know if they played great teams week in and week out to give up those 25 points, 353 yards, but he's your defensive coordinator, and maybe the next coach of the Seattle Seahawks. All right, Seaton, what's the poll question today? Well, speaking of most surprising results, why don't we go with most surprising result this week? Okay. Uh, you got Texans over the Browns, 45-14. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chiefs, 26, Dolphins, 7. Yeah. Packers handling the Cowboys in you know, 48-32. Packers absolutely handled the Cowboys in what was a very close game, actually. <laughs> I know. When Seaton said that, I'm going... Okay, it was a blowout until it wasn't a blowout. It was a complete blowout and one play away from being a one-score game at the same time. Yeah, I was I was very much enjoying the blowout. I was like, oh god, this! I was reveling at every down that went by. I'm like, this is the best. And then all of a sudden, the Cowboys started coming back. I'm like, wait a minute, this could be fun too. But all right, a big so. tease. Uh, and then the Lions Rams twenty four twenty three. That was. So really, it comes down to the Cowboys or the Texans. The most surprising result. Possibly. Yeah. I think Dallas, because you know, I thought that team had the talent to go to the Super Bowl. And C.D. Lamb got shut down by Jair Alexander, who, man, he, got, he was in the doghouse a couple of weeks ago. And then all of a sudden, he shut down C.D. Lamb in the yeah, first half. Speaking of coin toss. Yes, that's true. Um <laughs> I, I just thought Dallas, by the time they woke up, it was too late. They're almost like, okay, you know, Packers going to come back to Earth till they didn't come back to Earth. And then, you know, you're, you've got a quarterback who is putting up a passer rating of 157.2. That's the second highest passer rating for a quarterback in his first playoff game in NFL history. Brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. So, C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love both posted passer ratings of 157.2. The highest passer rating of a quarterback in his first playoff game was Dave Craig. 1983 wildcard game against Denver. That was 158.3. 
And you're watching these quarterbacks, as much as we love to laud Patrick Mahomes and the different angles of how he throws the football, Jordan Love was doing that yesterday. He was side angle, off his back foot, a lot of off his back foot. And then C.J. Stroud, he had a dip there during the season, later in the season, and we thought, okay, Puka Nakua could maybe win the Rookie of the Year. Nope, even though Puka Nakua was wonderful last night. That's a guy where there's football, there's speed and football speed, and he has football speed. But the other wide receiver, and I'm only going to compare them just because they weren't fast, but they were really good, and that's Jerry Rice. Because Jerry Rice was a 4-5 guy in the 40, maybe closer to 4-6. But he didn't get caught. And Puka Nakua, when he runs after he catches, he's not afraid. But when he catches the ball, he's going to hurt somebody. And if I'm the Rams, a Rams fan today, man, I can't wait till next season. I, I, you know, Sean McVay was positive. I mean, it was like, hey, I really love what we what we did here. And he didn't sound devastated that he lost a close game. Confidence that was earned from this group. You know, they came in here with the expectation to advance and play the winner of the game tomorrow night. And so that's, uh, you know, I think that's a, that, that's a tough pill to swallow. But I think the further that you get away from the raw emotions of it, the more appreciation they'll have for what they did. And I think there's a lot of things that we can build on, but you got to do it. You know, it's, you know, as we know, and this group is an example of it, the preseason stuff doesn't mean. Okay. That's uh, Sean McVay. We'll talk to Chris Sims, NBC Sports, Football Night in America. He'll join us coming up in a few minutes. Adam Schefter, a little bit later on. Jim Harbaugh is meeting with the Chargers. There's no rumor here, no speculation, no I'm hearing. There's multiple reports that Jim Harbaugh is actually meeting with the Chargers. We'll get to phone calls coming up. Uh, I'm going to do this now, and I was going to wait, but I can't make him wait. Shay and Irving joining us on the program. Shay? Danny? Yep. I went to hell without dying last night. The fat man did it again. You freaking said it, Danny. You're the number two seed in the NFC. All the playmakers are healthy. Roster chock full of pro bowlers. Easiest route to the NFC championship game since I don't know when. And you come out and get beat. Beat worse than a freaking Palestinian protester at a Greg Abbott rally. Dak looked awful. CD looked like a convalescent. Danny, this secondary looked like they were skin-popping vials of ketamine. And at the silver spoon, if Stephen Jones had any testicular fortitude, he'd have his daddy committed to a freaking insane asylum, run to L.A., give Jim Barr a blank check, and beg him to come to Dallas. What was halftime like at the house? Depressed. Let me ask you this, Danny. Let me ask you this. With Jerry. If the roles were reversed, do you think Jerry Jones would give one iota where he put himself in? Put him in a pine box. He's got to do something. Maybe you'd just get a new team. That's sacrilegious. Danny, you can't do I was born into this pain, Danny. This is, in, this is all I know. How do you do this? Feels like every year at this time I could play a phone call from you and it would sound kind of the same. 
Not like this. Green Bay could have flipped the same spot on Danny. It wouldn't like this. No. No, 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 no. Not against the number C. No. Not like this, Danny. This is otherworldly. This wasn't just a beating. This was judgment from a higher power. This was awful. Oh, your fourth quarter looked pretty good. Oh, I swear on Christ on a cross, Danny. Stop it. <laughs> Nothing will make this day better. You know, they looked oh, they. You know who had the money line on the Packers and the uh, Cowboys? Dylan, the graphics guy, had the uh, the Packers winning the game. Oh, yeah, I'm well aware of what that's like. <laughs> you think he doesn't have any blame in this? You got another thing coming. All right. How's the day going to be? Awful, Danny. I, I ain't got out of bed. I'm pacing in the bedroom. I don't know where the hell the kids are, the roommate's somewhere. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Dog probably needs to go outside. That's for damn sure. You going to work? Hell no, Danny. Okay. Can't no. Maybe you need to get out of the house, okay? Uh, Danny, I couldn't tie my shoes today without breaking <laughs> into a sweat. I'm so freaking mad. I'm I'm beside myself, Danny. I can't believe you get beat like that at home. Number seven seed to a quarterback who snuck into the freaking playoffs. The fat man did it again. He's gonna go. I'll talk to you later this week. Whatever, Danny. That's Shea and Irving. And I told him when we were doing our gambling podcast, and Dylan takes the money line. He takes the Packers. And then Shea is just livid. He's just not having anything to do with that. The possibility that they could lose that game. And here we are. That was the biggest surprise of the weekend to me. Not only losing, but how they lost that game. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming. I'm probably not the same volume, and uh, we apologize for some references that uh, Shay had in there, but that uh, is the passion that Shay brings to this show. We'll talk to Chris Sims, Football Night in America. We'll settle on a poll question. Your phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Just getting started. Dan and the Dan at Stan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll settle on our poll question, your phone calls. We'll get to those as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. The Mercedes-Benz Holiday Love Celebration is still going on. Find an exclusive offer on a vehicle that you adore now through the uh, middle of this month. Learn more at mbusa.com slash special offers. He's Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host. You can see him and listen to him on the show that precedes ours on Peacock with Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk Live, and uh, Chris joining us on the program Going into the games, what was the one where you thought we could see a surprise? It was the Green Bay-Dallas game, right? I didn't have the guts to pick it. If you listen to my podcast last week, me talking to Florio on PFT, that to me was the game where I went, you know, out of all the games that there could be a surprise this weekend, right? And I didn't see the Houston-Cleveland thing coming that way. But the, 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 the Green Bay one was the one where I went, again, no Dallas had the better season, but you know anybody that watches football, it's a matchup league, and there was some things about Green Bay that I thir- certainly posed some problems for Dallas and thought they could keep it close, if not pull off the upset. Certainly didn't see them blowing them out the way they did. That was pretty amazing. Okay. are we? Can we move on from Jordan Love? Uh, we're not quite sure if he's that good or he might be. You had people who suggested that he was a bust. Like, this guy has been unbelievable, and they played playoff football to get into the playoffs. And, I, I Chris, when they when they won the toss and elected to take the ball, right, it told right. me everything I needed to know about Matt LaFleur's confidence in Jordan Love and that offense. 
Yeah, that's right. And Matt LaFleur, let's not forget, was in Atlanta with Dan Quinn, right? So he knows that defense. And I think they mm. knew, yeah, Jordan Love, right? We can run the football. Dallas has a smaller defense. Wait, we got some weapons. Let's jump out on Dallas early at home instead of letting it be vice versa, which Dallas, of course, hasn't lost in two years, basically, because they jump out on people. Then the other team has to, oh, no, we got to throw the ball more than we'd like. And now Micah Parsons and the pass rush get unlocked and they get to play from ahead and they're dangerous that way, Dallas. They're kind of like the bullies. Once they start bullying you, they just kind of pound you in the ground. Green Bay said the hell with that. We're not going to let that happen. We're going to get out on front and we're going to make you play a style of football you don't necessarily love to play and just kept the pressure on them consistently. Jordan Love, like you said, I mean, when he came out in the draft, there was a lot that I really liked about him. He was raw. And that's where it's hard with the draft, right? Because, you know, you look at him now and you go, hey, Jordan Love, watch out. He's got super, he's got some super, superstar caliber traits. He does. His ability to hang in the pocket, not see anybody around him, throw off his back foot. He's got long arms and gigantic hands. He can flick it. I mean, what a performance by him and Matt LaFleur and the whole football team in Green Bay. All right, let's troubleshoot the Cowboys. You're Jerry yeah. Jones. Right. What are you going to do? I, I mean, it, it, it's it's a tough one, right? I I feel I guess there's a part of me where I'm old school and I want to go, man. A guy finished twelve and five for the third year in a row, right? But also the expectations are higher than that. Out of the three playoff losses that McCarthy has, you know, I think two of them they're gonna Dallas is gonna look at and go, we feel like we were the better team in two out of the three losses. The first loss to the, the 49ers a few years ago in the wild card game with the not being able to spike the ball late. And then, of course, yesterday, that always leaves a sour taste in the owner's mouth. Wait, I think we're the better team, yet we didn't win any games in the playoffs and didn't advance. That's going to be hard for Jerry Jones to swallow. You know, I think Jerry Jones really chopped out a leg of Mike McCarthy's power over the football team earlier this week by saying, hey, we'll see how it goes week by week in the playoffs. That's a great message to send to your locker room about the general of your football team <laughs> in a big game, right, Dan? I mean, that was kind of crazy. And then, of course, Jerry Jones puts high expectations out there during the week going, I think this is our best chance in a long time. All right, so all that I feel for Mike McCarthy, but at the same time, I don't think it's totally reached expectations. And, you know, clock management, the do way you think they make are, a change, Chris? I, yeah, I do. Okay. I think something drastic's coming. I think it's going to be hard after all this for Mike McCarthy and them to command the locker room. I do. I just think with the way things have kind of shaked, shook out, his reputation before that, uh, I think players in the locker room, no matter how well they do next year, they're still going to go in the playoffs going, wait, is our coach going to get us ready? And I think that's ultimately will lead to the end of the Mike McCarthy era in Dallas. But you also have Bill Belichick available. That's the if other you don't, aspect. If you don't have Belichick available, because you, know, you can fire your coach, but who are you replacing him with? That's right. the important part of this. But you right. do have the Bill Belichick aspect that's out there. If Belichick's Bill not Bel out there, yes. it, do you think Jerry Jones makes a change? Maybe not. I, you know, I look at Vrabel to be up in that category where I go, wait, Mike Vrabel's out there too, right? So, But, I, I mean, I know it's Belichick. It's the greatest coach of all time. I think we all wonder, can Jerry Jones and Belichick coexist as working partners, right? I think there's a relationship off the field. But 
You know, is Jerry at a point finally where maybe he's old enough and desperate enough to go, okay, 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 okay. I'll run the, <laughs> the press conferences and the business, and you can run the football. And I won't go as crazy with the press conferences and give the State of the Union, and I'll do all that. If they can find some common ground there, I think it's the exact type situation Belichick is looking for, right, Dan? Belichick doesn't want to go somewhere and rebuild. He's not looking for that. He's looking for, like, what Tom Brady had when he went to Tampa. I'm going to look for a team that's ready, that just needs me to come in and add a little finishing touch to the the whole thing here. And I think that's where, yeah, Belichick will be very enticing to the Jones family. Are you sold on Dak making him the highest paid player in the NFL with this contract coming up? Well, I, I don't. Well, why does it have to go that way always? Why can't it just be towards the top of the market? You know that that's where I want to. Uh, like some of these teams got to stop negotiating against themselves. Well, a the agents bit. won't allow that to happen. I I, I know that's what's uh, you know with Dak and you know, he's made good money. He's you can win a Super Bowl with him. He's certainly top tenish type of quarterback, right? He did a great year. Uh, I, I still would want him to be my quarterback, right? But I would go, well, wait, uh, you're, you're not Joe Burrow and you're not Patrick Mahomes and you're not Josh Allen. So you don't get that quite yet. You got to earn that. And that's where I feel like, you know, they got to draw a line in the sand a little bit there and figure that one out. And I feel the same way with Tua and the Dolphins. Well, throw out a number. We don't know to throw a big number out there. Who's going to offer Tua a huge contract? I'm going to say nobody. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how both of those teams kind of handle that situation this year. Yeah, you know, the overreaction to these games, and certainly with Tua, it's like, oh, you can't sign him up for a long-term contract. I'm like, why can't – who are you replacing him with? I mean, he yeah. he did have a good year. He stayed healthy. He did. Um, yes. I didn't think they had any chance to beat Kansas City. And, right. Um, no, he's. you're exactly right. That's the big question for all these guys, right? Like, oh, we're going to replace Justin Fields. We're going to replace Dak Prescott. Like, uh, I don't you know. Uh, if you're totally sold that you got somebody better that you know is going to come in and just knock it out of the park, okay, fine. But he better because if he doesn't, people like me are going to go, what the hell were you thinking <laughs> replacing that guy with that guy, okay? And that's where, yes, it gets does get dicey. You're right about that. And we'll see. Yeah, you're, you're certainly right. Tua had a great year, right? No doubt about it. Now, as we see, when teams figure out a few of the McDaniels' tricks, though, they're limited, and Tua's not the type of guy that's just going to go, I'll carry the team and I'll figure it out. And I think this is why the prior regime was had cold feet on Tua because they felt like, man, cold weather, tough AFC January football, we're not sure he could throw through the elements and carry an offense that way. And I think those questions still exist after the other night. Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk Live co-host, also his podcast called Unbuttoned, the former NFL quarterback. Watching the Rams, I thought the Rams were going to beat the Lions. I uh, did too. I just think that momentum that they had, you know, they were playing well, but that second half when you're just kicking field goals came back to haunt them. And, you know, give give Jared Goff and Dan Campbell a yeah. lot of credit because that's a game you're supposed to win, and they did right. win. That's right. And the pressure was on them. The expectations, the fans, everything there, right? Jared Goff, if there's anybody that was this thing was personal to, it's him, right? Matthew Stafford, like, he, he asked to get out of Detroit. He was ready for a change. He won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Jared Goff is like, wait, that team got rid of me. They gave the team that I'm on something even more to make sure that they got rid of me, right? So that was personal to him, good for him. It's amazing what Dan Campbell's done. I think you said it right. 
right? I was like, in the, when the second half started, I was like, man, the Rams got to figure something out on defense because, oh, my gosh, the Lions just moving the ball up and down the field. They go on that long field goal drive there to start the third quarter. But after that, Rams defense settled in, gave them issues. I think what you said is the key to the game. The fact that the Rams kind of controlled the second half, moved the ball, uh, certainly were the better team on the field, I felt like, in the second half, but couldn't punch it in once they got down there in the red zone. That Lions run defense came in handy. And then, of course, now McVay can't spread the field out the same way inside the 10-yard line, and it became tough for them to, to punch it in, and that was the difference in the game. You're right about that, Dan. All right, handicap this game, uh, these two games. Let me start with the Steelers and the Bills. When a game is moved you know, back, like you have to wait another day, what that does to the preparation or getting like you get in that game day mode and we're going to be playing on Sunday and then we're not playing. And now we're playing on Monday afternoon. I don't know if it messes with either of these teams, but I'm just curious of the Steelers going into Buffalo, what you expect to happen. I, I, I think it, it just makes more the teams more antsy, right? I think they found out early enough to where they hadn't quite got into game mode yet. Uh, you know, I think as the players, some of them are going to go, man, I'm going to feel fresh. This is great to have an extra day to heal and get there. You know, I think the coaches will look at it and go, hey, there's a few things we can tinker with here and a little few extra coaching points to help us out. I think we're going to see a, a, a tough, cold-weather type of football game that the Bills kind of control, but it's ugly, right? I would expect like a 24-10, 27-13 type of win. I just don't trust that the Steelers' offense can move the ball consistently uh, on this Bills' defense. And then you have Tampa at home as an underdog. Baker Mayfield banged up, and like maybe psychologically the Eagles banged up. I'm not sure what to expect in this game. I, I, it's it's to maybe the, for me the hardest game to figure out of the weekend, right? I mean, the the Bucks they're going in like they're they can't feel that great. They got kind of dominated by the Saints at home the second to last week of the season. Last week of the season, they barely beat Carolina. It wasn't very impressive. The Eagles, yeah, like you said, it's a pitiful December. I chose the Eagles because I just think they're the more talented football team. Now, not having A.J. Brown, that does change things too as well. But I think this is a close one. I think we're going to see a lot of big plays in the passing game. Uh, I just feel like the Eagles have a few more avenues in which they can kind of uh, let the game flow to, and there's a little more versatility in their attack. Uh, I'm going to go with them, but I, I'm not feeling like real confident. I'm not betting any money on DraftKings, I'll tell you that. I This came to mind when I'm watching Matthew Stafford get banged up last night, and then we had the benefit of you know that camera that focused on his face and his hands, and I, I, I have to believe he was concussed in that moment. But what he did is he grabbed his ribs. So if you grab your ribs when you go to the sidelines, they put him in the tent. They may not even be checking him for a concussion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, do you think Matthew Stafford had the wherewithal to be able to go, oh, my God, I got my bell rung. Oh, man, do my ribs hurt. I think 100%. You know, I, I'm not sure that's what happened. And maybe his ribs are hurt. He hit the ground hard, right? I'm with you. You saw the eyes wide open, all that. Now, you know, you get hit like that sometimes. Like, your eyes are like that anyways because you're like, holy <laughs> crap. I, that, was a, that was a car wreck. I can't even believe Am I alive still, right? There's a little of that that goes on in your head there. But I think to your point, the players are conditioned 
my bell got run rung. Let me lay here a second so I don't stand up and become wobbly, and then they definitely take me out of the game. And I would do the same thing, Dan. If my bell got rung, I'd be grabbing my shoulder and my arm to distract from it right away because it's a big game and I want to play, and you're not telling me I'm not playing. Man, my shoulder hurts, even though I'm seeing three of you. And I, I would not be shocked if he pulled that move. I think that is something that the players are very aware of. Okay, but if you have the wherewithal to grab your ribs, then maybe you're not concussed. That well, that's see, that's what a player would say, and a player would go, "Yeah, it's just my bell rung. I'm not concussed. It's football. I got hit hard. I don't need concussion protocol here." And see, that's what I think an old school player like Stafford is going to justify it. Like, hey, I was smart enough to fake it. I'm not that out of it. And hey, did you see that throw I made and the decision I made on the next drive? I was fine. I made some great plays and all that. Uh, Rams, you know, future's bright. Oh they yeah, did a great job of retooling this team and and kept. They got an O line finally there. Kyle Aaron Williams is a superstar running back. Puka's a superstar. Incredible job this year, and watch out for them in the future here. Thank you, bud. Good to talk to you, uh, as always. Thanks, Dan. Be good. See you, everybody. Chris Sims. You can see him on Football Night in America, Pro Football Talk, with uh, Mike Florio. He's the co-host that show precedes ours. All right. We will uh, update our poll results and give you our play of the day coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Updated Super Bowl odds, thanks to DraftKings. Niners here, big favorites, then the Ravens, then the Bills, Chiefs, Lions, and then it's a big drop-off for the Eagles, Texans, Packers, Buccaneers, and then the Steelers are last. So that's uh, according to DraftKings. Steelers are getting 10 tonight, uh, or I should say this afternoon, the over-under 38.5. The Eagles are giving 2.5 to the Buccaneers, over-under 43.5. We'll get to more phone calls, best and worst of the weekend, what you saw that you liked, you didn't like. Al in Atlanta. Hi, Al. Best and worst of the weekend as we wait for Adam Schefter. Good morning, Dan. Going to go worse and then best. Worst of the weekend, having to spend the entire week listening to everybody, including Bad Larry, say that the Falcons is a great landing point for Belichick. I'm almost 40, Dan. I've spent more than half of my life despising that man. There is no way I can now turn around and have to root for him. Especially <laughs> the weekend, the Dallas Cowboys showing us that they are who we thought they were and getting one and done in the playoffs again, at least giving me a reprieve for one day of Belichick to the Falcons because now everybody's on Belichick to the Cowboys. All right. Thank you, Al. I don't know if there is a fan base that takes more pleasure in the Cowboys losing than every other fan base that's not a Cowboy fan. Your team may lose, may not even be in the playoffs, but if the Cowboys lose, you had a great day. Unless you're Shea and Irving. By the way, Dylan, our graphics guy, part of the gambling podcast with Bad Larry and Shea and Irving, he did have the money line. He took the Packers to beat the Cowboys. We'll get to uh, more phone calls coming up. And uh, once again, Jim Harbaugh is set to meet with the Chargers today. I haven't heard anything other than that, but we'll ask Adam Schefter about that. Also, which team will be the first team to hire its head coach? Now, we already had the Patriots with Gerard Mayo, but are the Raiders next? I think that the Titans interviewed with uh, Antonio Pierce as well. But uh, let's bring in Adam Schefter. Let me give the official introduction. ESPN's coverage leading into the Eagles-Bucks includes NFL Live, Monday Night Countdown from Tampa. Their coverage starts at 3 Eastern. Then at 8 Eastern, it's Joe and Troy, Lisa Salters, Laura Rutledge. They will have the game. Oh, Peyton and Eli on ESPN2. Super Wild Card Weekend ends on the ESPN Networks. Shefty joining us on the program. What level of phone call would it take for you to say, Dan... I have to take this. Uh, probably a two one four area code or nine seven two, and I'd be out the door, Dan. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. All right, give me the team you think will be next to hire their head coach. You know that's a hard thing to do there because we're in a cycle now where the league has done its best to slow the process down, where you're not allowed to do face to face interviews till after the divisional playoff round. You have to interview two minorities face-to-face, I believe. The Chargers already have done one with Leslie Frazier. So if you're going down the Charger path with Jim Harbaugh, they may or may not be in compliance now. They may or may not have met all the conditions. But I do think that Jim's going to be a little bit deliberate here. The Chargers have other interviews that they want to get through. And New England was an aberration last week in getting Gerard Mayo done because that was in place. But none of these other teams – 
have a plan like that and they're not rushing and the league rules are designed to try to slow this down. So you're asking me to predict something a week to 10 days from now when there are so many variables that will change between now and then so it's hard to do. Okay, help me understand Harbaugh's situation that it feels like he's you're, he's a Michigan guy, he won a national title, but he keeps coming back to the NFL. Does he does yeah. he want the NFL for leverage or does he want to go no. back to no? Not, that has no. nothing to do. No. So if he's offered a job, if he's offered the Chargers job, what's Jim Harbaugh do? It's not that simple because you're saying to me if he's offered the Chargers job, I say to you, okay, I'm offered the Chargers job. Is the front office going to be set up the way I want? Is the coaching staff going to be set up the way I want? Are you going to implement a nutrition system? Are you going to put in the infrastructure that I want and need that you always haven't been willing to do? So the Chargers could say, yes, Jim, we offer you the job. Well, that's great. What about everything else that comes along with it? Because before I commit to making a jump to the NFL, I want everything to know that everything is in place that I need to succeed at the next level the way that I've succeeded everywhere during my coaching career. We're not doing this the way the Chargers have done this for as long as anybody can remember. If you can change everything that I want and everything that I need and you're offering me the job, I think he's taking it, yes. Who else is going to be in play for Harbaugh? Uh, well, I think Mark Davis has toyed with the idea of whether or not to pursue Jim Harbaugh. I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta made a call to Jim Harbaugh. Let's see if there's are any other jobs that's still open. But I, I do think that for the time being, the focus should be on the Chargers. I think this is a match that is potentially waiting to happen in the sense that I believe they want him. They're looking at other veteran coaches as well. They'll look at Bill Belichick. They'll look at Mike Vrabel. But I believe that Jim Harbaugh stands out to the Chargers on that list. And I believe that that's an organization Jim has played for. He coached in San Diego. He loves Justin Herbert. It fits if they could make it all work. Yeah. And with Jim, there are always a lot of questions <laughs> about making it all work, right? So even though I sound like I'm saying that this is trending the right way and on a path to happening, there still are a lot of hoops and obstacles that both sides have to get through before they can make it happen. But, Dan, Jim has all the leverage he needs at Michigan. He doesn't need any more NFL leverage. That has nothing to do with this. What would it take for Jerry Jones to move on from Mike McCarthy, in your opinion? Well, here's the issue. I, I go back to what everybody said to me during the course of the season. And everybody kept saying is, Jerry is going to judge Mike McCarthy on how Dallas does in its last game. They kept saying that over and over. Well, we saw Dallas's last game of the season yesterday. And if he's judging him on that game, I think we all know how this is going to go. But I do not think that Jerry Jones ever thought that he would be confronted with the fact that he would have to make a decision after that game. He went into that game thinking, okay, let's get ready to host a divisional playoff game next weekend against the Detroit Lions or whoever else advances to come meet us. And lo and behold, Green Bay wins the toss, takes the ball, sticks it down his Dallas throat, and never, ever, ever 
waivers. And Dallas seemed to be playing from behind all day because it was. Uh, so this is all new to Jerry. Jerry's processing it. What's it going to take? He's going to decide that Mike McCarthy wouldn't be the guy that can get us to the next level. Yeah, we've won 12 straight games, three straight years. We've done nothing in the playoffs. We've embarrassed ourselves three straight years, two embarrassing losses to the 49ers, one to the Packers. And he would have to decide that there's somebody else that he believes in. And we are in a period where there's never been, never been this much coaching, talent, free for hire, that he would decide that there's somebody else out there that would give this team a better chance to advance in the postseason. How attractive is this for Belichick if that job would open? Well, I think the Cowboys in general are just an attractive job for Bill, for Mike Rabel, for whoever else would be in consideration. Dan Quinn, you could say. So um, they're America's team. They're, they're the focus of the football universe so often, and they have talent. They do have talent. Now, they have some big decisions to make, a lot of free agents, too. So that, that roster is definitely going to require some work and retooling during the offseason. And that was why this was such an important year, because you heard so many people say, well, this is Dallas's best chance ever. Huh. Well, it lasted to about Green Bay's first possession before you realize it wasn't Dallas's best chance. Well, we also have, you know, Jerry, will he relinquish a little bit of that power? If I'm Belichick going in there. Yeah, I, don't think, I don't think that's about. I don't think that's okay. what it's about. Like, Bill, one week ago, in what was one of his final press conferences with the reporters in the New England area, said, hey, I don't have to have all the personal power. I don't, that's not what it's about. Bill, first and foremost, is a football coach. And, you know, his... One of his mentors made it work there in Dallas with Jerry, and there's no reason that Bill also couldn't make it work if that's what both sides wanted to do. Pete Carroll going to be a head coach again? I hope so, but I wonder. Like, it seems like people are gravitating more towards Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, some of these other names out there right now, and we'll see whether or not he gets the look that he should. To me... Pete Carroll in L.A., no-brainer. Yeah. No-brainer. Yeah. Like, brings the positive energy that they want, brings the relevancy that they need. Like, that would be, to me, a tremendous hire. And that's the other thing. So you may want Jim Harbaugh. You may start down this path. And maybe what he wants to do with that organization is too much for you. And you say, you know what? Let's just go with Pete Carroll. Do I think they're going to do that? No. But does it make sense to me? Yes. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I could I could see that. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Mike Vrabel's value is what? Where does he sort of fit well, in? He's still, one of the, he's still one of the best coaches in the game. And, again, I think you have to see some of these dominoes start falling before you can see where his value fits in. Other than I think he's on the minds of people in Atlanta, Seattle. He's had a great relationship with the general manager, John Schneider, there for quite some time. That wouldn't be a surprise to see him be a candidate there. But to actually place him into a spot, that's hard to do right now. Other than I could see him in Seattle, I could see him in Atlanta, I could see him in other places, depending on how their searches go. Yeah, it's fascinating time. It really is. It, that... Dan, it always is. It always <laughs> is. Okay? That's how I have a job. You know, that's what this league does. We go from the playoffs to the hires and fires to – 
free agency to quarterbacks. Will, will the Bears keep Justin Fields? And who's taking the quarterback? And who's coming up for the – it's one soapbox drama after another. It's great for your show. Yeah. It's great. People love it. Right? You've been in business for a long time. And the NFL reality show – it just feels like just gets larger and larger and larger and more and more popular over time. This is the deadline to announce the, to declare yeah. for the draft, but Caleb Williams hasn't declared for the draft. Yep, not yet. I would expect that he would today at some point in time. Okay. Uh, the Washington Commander's job is kind of quiet. Is that a good thing? Well, what's quiet? It's quiet because there are other things that have taken precedent over that, like the availability of all these huge name free agent coaches, but it's not quiet in the coaching community. They did hire a general manager on Friday, Adam Peters, the former assistant general manager of the 49ers and Adam Peters with the help and assistance of the former Vikings GM, Rick Spielman and the former Warriors executive, Bob Myers and Josh Harris and that ownership group like Mag Magic Johnson. They'll make a decision. Uh, they've got a whole host of candidates, a slew of them and I do believe that Ben Johnson is is on that list. Now, whether they can get him or not, we'll see, because there's going to be a lot of people that want Ben Johnson as well. Again, just think about it. Belichick, Harbaugh, Pete Carroll, Mike Rabel, established, proven winners, next tier, Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, Raheem Morris, like Brian. There, there's a lot of guys out there right now that – warrant and deserve consideration. And like I said, very rarely do you have the ability for a team to be able to pick from a coaching pool of candidates this deep. Great to talk to you. I know you're busy. Have a great afternoon. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Nice to see you. That's Adam Schefter, ESPN Senior NFL Insider. You have the Eagles, Buccaneers, uh, NFL Live, Monday Night Countdown from Tampa. That starts at 3 Eastern, then the game with Joe and Troy and Lisa Salters, Laura Rutledge. That'll be at 8 Eastern. Also, uh, Peyton and Eli on ESPN2. We'll take a break. Uh, last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow, and we'll play the tomorrow's headlines off today's games. That'll be coming up back after this. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
Seven questions, limitless answers.